Hey, my name's Ray. Obviously, this is a bonus episode of 100 Words or Less, the podcast. Um, I'm coming to you. Uh, yeah, I'm really sad because uh, basically the only way that I really know how to, uh, I guess, pay tribute to a friend of mine who has died is, um, yeah, revisit a conversation that uh, him and I and his brother had uh, a long time ago. This was back, I want to say, in 2012. Uh, it's one of the earlier episodes of this podcast, so for those of you that have been with the show for quite some time, you'll familiar with this this chat, but basically, uh, yeah, Tom Searle, he is the guitarist for the band Architects, and um, he died. He was battling uh, cancer for many years, and it forced the band to, you know, cancel tours, and, uh, you know, they kept it pretty quiet because um, he himself is a very private guy and not really one to uh, reach out for public sympathy from that perspective. And, um, yeah, word broke yesterday, so I'm publishing this on Monday. Uh, word broke yesterday, it was a Sunday, that uh, he had died. And, um, frankly, it was really terrible to hear that. Um it was something that lingered in my head for quite some time because, um, you know, I consider him not a close friend, not a person who I saw on a daily basis, but, um, him, his band, uh, his band's music, uh, they affected me, uh, not only in a deep way, but then just the connections that I had with these, uh, these guys. And that I still have with these guys in this band and watching them become more successful over time. Um, yeah, it's terrible. He's 28 years old and here's a person who is, um, yeah, just not going to be around anymore. And it, uh, it, it's horrible. It's really, really horrible. So I just had to put this discussion up because, um, I think it really showcases, um, frankly, how funny he is, how enthusiastic he was for life. And, um, there's just no other way that I can really, I guess, pay tribute, you know, whatever posting on social media saying you're going to miss a person. Like those are all obviously valid expressions of, of love and, uh, yeah, it just, I just, I don't have any words for it. So here's my discussion with, uh, with Tom and his brother, Dan, and I can't, um, imagine what he's going through and what the rest of the band is going through. So, um, yeah, here's, here's my tribute. So enjoy because, uh, the world is, is now a, uh, weirdly different place and especially, uh, independent music. Yeah, you, you guys are the uh, you guys are on board the uh, vegetarian train now, yeah? Vegan train, yeah. Yeah, dude. Welcome, welcome to the welcome to the team. It's a wonderful kingdom. I I, I have been noticing that, and um, it's uh, it's exciting. And all, all you dudes are, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, look at that. Once one converts, you guys all convert. Jeez. You know what? We even got a guy uh, who's filling in for for us right now. And aside from the fact that we desperately want him to join anyway, but he refuses to get in another band. But he spent one night at our house, and he's vegan now. <laughs> we can be very persuasive. That actually segues perfectly into uh, one of the things, because I usually like to start these things off with just kind of a you know, little trip down memory lane. Like usually my first experience in either finding out about, you know, you guys as a band or, you know, you as individual members. Um I just remember when, obviously, I was working at Century Media and Architects kind of got started to be spoken about internally at the office. Um, and uh, I was I was already familiar just because I had the Nightmares EP. Um, that was a, that was an EP, right? It's a mini album. I'll call it an EP because I don't like to say we have five albums. Yeah, good point. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It makes you sound really old, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm 24 now, so... Which blows my mind. Um, the uh, so yeah, I heard that, and I uh, I mean, it, it was okay. It didn't blow my mind, but um, you know, I, which I'm, I'm sure it doesn't blow your mind, anyways. It's fucking rubbish. <laughs> which you know, it's your first recording, and that's understandable. But anyways, so. I remember, I remember hearing that, and I remember talks about, you know, uh, architects and everything, and you know, as stuff started to, you know, get hot and heavy, and uh, million, million dollar record deal. Basically, once like seven figures started to be spoken about, I was like, oh, okay, I should pay attention to this band. The two media team got together. They said this EP isn't that good. It's pretty <laughs> shit, but <laughs> seven <million>. figures. <laughs> but these guys probably have the potential to be the next Coldplay. Yeah. Um. Time. But I remember. Uh, like, I don't know what it is about you guys that, um, 
you know, and obviously this is me just complimenting you, but <laughs> you not only like, you know, as musicians and what have you and what you guys do um, in a band, but the, I guess the collective unit that is architects, like it's so infectious. It's one of those things where it's like, either if you hang out with you guys or, um, you know, watch you guys play live or whatever the case may be, um, whether you're a kid in the audience or whether you were like myself or it was like, you know, I was a dude at the label working for you guys. Um, you just like wanted to be a part of it. And it's something that's so, uh, that's so indistinguishable and really difficult for bands to kind of capture in general. Um, I don't know if you guys, I mean, I'm sure it would be difficult for you guys to be like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're easily that infectious. And basically everybody that we hang out with is the best thing ever, but, um, are amazing to hang out with. Right. (laughs) And it's partially due to the accents, obviously. Yeah. They're hilarious. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All very kind words, Ray. Thank you. Well, you're welcome. But I mean, I, I, I just think that, uh, I think that that's kind of why you guys have been able to, you know, build like you have been as a band. Where it's not everyone thinks that though. Some some people hate us. Don't know. Alexandria, the singer. Oh, well, we don't really know each other, do we? <laughs> yeah, sure we would get on. <laughs> so he he specifically has targeted you guys. Oh, yeah. you? We get on with you. We get on with most bands. We do. We do because they meet us and they can't believe it. Can they? <laughs> they can't believe that like you're actually nice, or is it? Well, they obviously. You know, they've heard a lot about us, stories and stuff, and they finally meet us, and it's quite... quite well, I think those guys must be stuck up on ourselves, because every other interview was slanging someone off. <laughs> not me, I might add. This is Tom talking. When did I slag someone off? I'm not going to go into this. <laughs> Mainly Sam. Yeah, Sam's a vitriolic character, but, you know, I, I, you know we, we try to be sort of normal... Um, sort of English people, don't we? I think mum's listening out there. M- our mum's listening, that's part of the charm. Mum, do you want to say hello? Ah, oh, she's pretending she's not listening. I think she's too good for it. She doesn't want to appear on the podcast, I totally get it. Yeah. We don't live at home though, we live in a big, a bit, she's visiting, we've got a big house from all the money we've made from the band. No, 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 normal size house, we made loads of money, but then we gave it all away to more needy people. <laughs> Right, because needy, like, oh, they're like always calling up and they're like, like a money. needy girlfriend, not that, not sort of needy, but probably <laughs> needy when they need to need stuff. Sure, sure. No, I get it. But that, like I said, I think it's just one of those things that that's why, um, you know, you do, there are definitely bands that are like the band's bands, you know, where it's like they're fun to tour with and, you know, they kind of fans. <laughs> Right, but they don't, yeah, they don't have any fans, but you guys kind of blend a good combo where obviously you've been over. It's where we have some fans. Right. (laughs) It takes, it takes a while, I don't know. Yeah. And do you think, do you think that's just because you guys have obviously, well, I mean, one, you're obviously brothers, but, and then two, kind of like you guys have all sort of, you know, just been playing music together for so long, it just kind of comes naturally or what? Well, the, uh, sort of, Comradery that we have going on. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I guess I don't really think about it. I'm, I'm glad that we all get on though because you do see other bands and they all kind of sit and do their own thing and you never really see them talking. In fact, even when we went on tour with, here's a little story. It's really not a story, but when we went on tour in, I'm a bit of an anecdotalist. This is Tom. Dan isn't at all. Um, Hush. we went on tour in Europe, uh, with Comeback Kid and Outbreak and don't want to forget anyone. And I remember, um, good story. So I, I think Bobby flew with this. Bobby from Bane, drummer. Yes, oh, that's his what, name. What's the name? What's the name? You wouldn't know our names, mate, for the, for the record. Yeah, actually, you know, this. it wasn't him. It was the bass player. I don't know his name. He doesn't know my name. It's fine. But he went over to us in Austria and he said, you can tell you guys haven't been touring for that long because you're always hanging out together. And I thought at the time, well, we've been touring for a little while. Not as long as Bane, though, but no one's been touring as long as Bane. Right. Yeah. That's facts, isn't it? But now, still, we're, we're probably even worse now. Probably hang out. Yeah, we we move around in a little group. Uh, me, Tom, well, because obviously Tim 
departed, but now the group, me, Tom, Sam, and Ali, actually joined at the hip on wings. We do actually move around like a huddle of penguins. <laughs> To retain body warmth. If we go, if we go anywhere, like if we leave venue, we all go together. If, if you know, if we go to the bus, we all go together. We eat together. We bathe together. Yeah, we wash together, and that's why we all went vegan together. Because we <laughs> can do different. Yeah, no, I mean, but that that is rare. I mean, I, I do see why you know dudes in Bane would go over to you and be like, because it's not like when bands tour so long and you know are just basically you know out there. You're obviously it's an extended family. Um, but you know, you don't see that like, you know, as, as you grow as a band, like, you know, people kind of, you know, separate because they grow up or whatever the case may be. They yeah. still like each other, but they, like you said, they're not attached to the hip like you guys are. I mean, we, me, Tom, Ali and Sam are going on holiday together in three weeks. Oh. How many, how many bands do that? That is so adorable. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's we're just, doing, that's just we, charming. We're doing a festival in Spain, so we're, we're uh, the rest of the crew are flying home and we're all getting hotels together and going to the beach together and we'll probably rub lotion into Ali. We'll tan up in Speedos. God, he's going to look good. That's good, that's good. Get, get, get him a Brazilian. He's lost a lot of weight, so I won't look as much like a beached whale as you might imagine in your head. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Uh, this is, this is going to be difficult for me to get through. Um, <laughs> and so kind of, kind of moving backwards because, uh, another part I enjoy about doing this show is kind of just, you know, really taking a step back and, you know, obviously you guys and I have hung out on more than one occasion in different countries. Um, but we've never been able to be like, Hey, you know, where were you born? And like, how was your upbringing? All that type of stuff. So it's like mm-hmm. both, you guys are twins, am I correct in this? Yeah, yeah, for real. So it's kind of one answer for stuff like that as well. Which, which, is, which makes it easier because that way you're not stepping all over each other like you always do anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so where were, were you guys born and raised in uh, Brighton? <laughs> Wait, born, what are you the person to answer? Yes. Yes, we are. We were, we were born here. A little bit of trivia. Sam was born in Guildford and Ali was born in Shoreham. Um, I know this because of their passports, because I had to fill in a passport form for them to apply for second passports three days ago. So, nice little side note there. We were, we were cesarean. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, we were cut out. That, Mom, that makes sense. Because well, neither of us are circumcised. Oh, that's even better. Um, I've got an innie belly button, not an outie. Weird. What do you mean, just you? So have I. You've seen mine. Wait, wait, it's like I haven't. <laughs> this is by far the most in-depth answer I've ever got for that. <laughs> I, I really, I do appreciate it, though. That's very nice. Um, uh, we grew up on the, uh, we, uh, Via Road until we were four. And then we moved to a new address, and I'm not going to give that out because that's where we live now. Um, oh, wow. I remember the first day we moved here because I remember playing with a tennis ball. I was four. <laughs> okay. That, that, like I said, that's the most in-depth answer I've ever received. <laughs> We're really painting a picture. No, I, I, I do appreciate that. And obviously the listeners will as well. Um, the search so imagery. What, what did your, uh, what did your, what do your parents do for a living? And why, why, why Brighton? Why do they, why, why do you guys have such an attachment to, uh, to Brighton and be- Brighton besides the fact that you live there? Most of England is really, really dull. Uh, whilst Brighton's actually a really, really lovely seaside town. Although, if any fans are listening, we love it. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. No, uh, I mean, a lot of it's crap. There's some good bits, but Brighton is easily... Stokes nice. Anyone that comes to Brighton likes Brighton, and that's the... Uh, oh, I'm from London. I like everything London. Yeah. yeah. No, Brighton's a really nice place, and, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm... It gets a little bit boring at times, um, but you know, it, it, when the sun's out, which is like maybe four or five days of the year, it is a really beautiful place. So, uh, <laughs> could you could you see yourself living elsewhere, or is that one of those? Yeah. yeah, yeah, but only out of board. A different country, Australia. Give me that. But you know, if I moved to Australia, rehearsals would be a nightmare. So um, Skype, Skype. Just mic up the drums and put them on Skype. Just one mic in the room. Fuck it, we just demo everything and then go and record it properly. So that I've got the green light to move. I'm moving to Australia. Um, um, with your things are moving very quickly here. I appreciate that. 
mom pops, you know, should know what dad did. Dad, dad, he did a business. He, did a he was one of those businessmen. Yeah. Okay. So dad was in the the indiscriminate business. The printing industry. Uh, and then mum stayed back with little Dan and Tom to bring them up, care for them, change our nappies. Sure. <laughs> and you guys are, you guys are really getting into the, um, uh, the terminology of, uh, English folk because, you know, some American kids will be like, what are nappies? But that's diapers for those of you who need a glossary to figure this interview out. <laughs> yeah. So. She changed on shitty diapers. Well, that's, yeah. that's kind of what you do as, as a parent. I can speak from experience because I'm currently still changing diapers for my little guy. It, it's an experience. I, I can, I can assure you that two of you, I would imagine, would be hellish at the same time screaming. Yeah. Little story. One time we, uh, our mum, she'll hate it. She said it's probably, she fell asleep. Unbelievable. I'm terrible parents. Mum, we're listening terrible. Um, she woke up to find me and Tom, uh, had juiced some carrots and some apples and put malaria tablets in the drink. So she, uh, so still love that recipe. Took <laughs> carrot, apple and malaria tablet, took us to the hospital and had our stomach pumped. Another story, we ate soap. Both of us at the same time. I don't know, I don't know how, I, I'm scared of using, I use the juicer now, I'm scared of it now. When I, I don't understand we were how two. we cr- were two crawling on the floor, crawled up onto a work surface like a slug, <laughs> attaching yourself to a wall. How does a baby get up there into a cupboard, plug it into a wall? It's, I'm extremely skilled at a young age. And then to not taste the soap, to eat it and swallow. That's impressive. Yeah, so we had our stomachs pumped twice. Well, that's good. I, I mean... I think, I, th- I think at one point someone needs to have their stomach pumped just just for fun, you know, just to see yeah. what like. Well, apparently they don't do it anymore, which is why no, I started eating soap. They make people sick instead of that. I think that's probably just make people sick. Just be sick instead. Don't know why I didn't think of it. Probably before. plays a big part of those two stories. <laughs> They're quite nice for the new album. <laughs> this is this is all a direct influence to Daybreaker. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so yeah, as you kind of, you know, as you grew up and you started to go to, what, what do you guys call high school over there? Was, is it called high school or is it called? Oh, what's, what's all of them? If I went to nursery school, what was it called? Nursery, nursery school. Okay. Yeah. We call that preschool maybe. Yeah. What was it called? The one we went to? Do you remember? I can't fucking remember the name of that. It was up near Queen Street. <laughs> yeah, I remember. <laughs> um, so, into, yeah, we, then we have, like, junior school, primary school, secondary school, college, university. Me and Tom did not do university. Did they do it? We're still on a gap eight years. It's okay. You're just taking a break. Yeah. Well, no, six years, isn't it? We were on a sixth, our sixth gap year. Okay. Um, oh, I like that. Six gap year. I like that. There's um, going to be no point in earning a living when the, finan- the global financial collapse happens anyway. So I figure, you know, we've, it's too late now. So it's let's, too late. let's just get on with it, you know, board up the windows. <laughs> sure. So then as, as you went to, uh, well, like I said, what I, what we call high school over here, um, mm-hmm. You know, how was, uh, well, for one, how was that experience for you guys? And then two, kind of what was your, what was the introduction to like independent music as a whole? And kind of, you know, what, when did you start to become aware of all that type of stuff? Uh, my first, I remember, I think the first time I really felt like I wanted to be in a band was, um, when some older kids, yeah, um, I'd agree with this. I already know the story. Telepathic and twin thing. I don't know if you do because there's two different occasions, but I remember this one. We went into the. Well, I know the two because so I know both of them. I know what both of them are. So <laughs> next, it's not a competition. Uh, we went into um, the school music classroom at a lunchtime, and there was like the older kids and they were playing a band, and they were doing a. At the drive-in cover of the song Cosmonaut. That was in the assembly. Was it? No. I yeah. Saw it in the, no. I saw it in the, well, that, I, they were, I, I saw the I saw the actual performance in the assembly and it was amazing. Well, they played it really what well. What about when those kids had to, were playing blind? And oh, yeah, yeah, that was one of the hearts. That was the other one. That's for the other one I thought you might have thought of, but you thought of the wrong one because I wasn't really inspired by that one. <laughs> It was embarrassing. One of them was wearing fishnet top. It, it, was, it was embarrassing then. Uh, 
Ferdinand. Plus, um, I remember going playing your guitar. No, I told him, I got it on Facebook. Um, wow, you were <laughs> so much. <laughs> he had the guitar I wanted as well, because Larry from Under Reason played it. Okay. Keep, 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 keep it moving, keep it moving, keep it moving. <laughs> but yeah, that was the first time I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, and then I was like, I play bass, and I play bass, and then it was, oh, I've got a lot of it, I play guitar, and now here I am. But in terms of, you know, we, in, well, it depends what you tell, classes on terms of music, I suppose, we, look, we, re, we played like, when we first started playing in a band, we did just like some of the chilies, didn't we? <coughs> well, at first it was like Red Chili Peppers, Muse, Incubus. Uh, Never did an Incubus cover, did we? Yeah, we thought so. Just Which bits. one? Which one? Well, Stuff of Make Yourself, definitely. I don't remember. Definitely. Yeah, see me pedals? Nah, definitely. See me effects pedals? Definitely. We did Pattern Against User out of Driver. Did, did we? Did, yeah, we did Muscle Music in this room. <laughs> We did muscle music and Muse, Big White and Drive. That was about, that was the first time we ever played on stage, Big White and Drive. After playing a, a scout hut, uh, and they let us come up and take their instruments and tear the stage to pieces. Wow. And yeah. so, so as you, uh, as you guys, it, it seems like there was a lot of, uh, like, uh, talent show stuff happening in, in high school. Like, was that a common thing for you guys? <laughs> it was, it was really just like, uh, just the alternative kids organizing the stuff themselves. The kids that society left behind. <laughs> Got it. Uh, no, so yeah, there was, you know, we, we were naturally, Tom, Tom wore, Tom dyed his hair different colours, like green and blue and purple, that would purple and that would grey. His hair went ginger, it was like that, like temporary dye, like That temporary red like, dye was permanent, that yeah. was, that was And one day he put his hair into like, sort of, gelled pyramids or something and uh, the teacher met sent him to the toilet to wash it out yeah Tom yeah. just started the system don't like it mate <laughs> I understand so, you were you were punk at a very young age very 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 punk but did well, you know, we just wanted to do yeah 100 Reasons covers which were a British post-hardcore band which were sort of fairly popular for a while now. yeah I, re- I remember that band and so uh, like, did, and did you guys enjoy high school? Like, was it fun for you guys, or did you can't yeah. wait, wait to get out of it? No, it was alright. No, yeah, I didn't mind it. Probably look at it more fondly now than we did at the time. I think everyone, that's sort of how everyone feels about um, education, I suppose. You, so, I didn't like getting up in the morning, but generally, unless you were really badly bullied, then probably people, I think people that are bullied, they're the ones that like don't really miss it. Yeah, well, me and Tom didn't really get bullied or anything. We were, uh, but we didn't, we weren't like, well, I don't know, just, under the rage. Huh? Exactly, yeah, we just sort of, now yeah. they all want to know, oh, you're in a band, talk to me, be my fan, do one, mate. And yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> so you, you really, you really do have old, like, high school classmates that, that get back in touch and are like, oh, hey, do you remember when we hung out? And it was like, we didn't hang out. Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think it's just that we have, most people just go through uh, education and, you know, and they go to university or whatever and then they get a job that they don't really care about more often than not. Uh, whilst me and Tom have sort of done something different and I think that's probably why friends from school are interested because we're the ones that are doing something a little bit unusual. So, right, right, right. Welcome the mold. Did you guys, uh, were you guys into sports or anything like that? Were you into footy? Love it. Dan was the team goalkeeper. I never got in the school because I was too shit. Well, we had our own team. They were called Wifting Wolves. Wolves. Yeah, we were in a team called Wifting Wolves, and we lost every game about 14-0. We were absolutely, <laughs> absolutely rubbish. But we did love football. I remember when I was 12, we had to write a paper about what we wanted to do in the old, and I said I wanted to be a goalkeeper. Can and I now when the ball comes near me, I run away. Can I just say you've got to really love football to get up in the rain every Sunday morning and lose 12 or 14. <laughs> That's how much we liked it. But I played for the school because I think what happened was I just kept turning up the training and they felt sorry for me. So eventually they just went, cry out, this guy's pathetic. Let's just put him in the team. It's embarrassing. So, uh, <laughs> they're like, let's just get this kid on a team and off my yeah, case. I, they were worried because, you know, I was a, a bit of a goth as well. So they were worried about, you know, oh, what I might be broadly <laughs> yeah. using that term. So I my hair black at one point, so... It, it, so it sounds like these fashion stylings that you guys were. Uh, where did you guys get these ideas to like that you did want to like dye your hair different colors and stuff like that? Television, I think. Okay. Quran. <laughs> okay. 
impressionable young man. Well, I, when I when I did the thing with my hair, it was definitely a Matt Bellamy move. That one was it. Yeah, right. it was mud vein. <laughs> What's not mud vein? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We way preferred mud vein to muse always. Okay. Oh Look, I don't know if they're friends, right? But I just don't think they're back cast a lot because they're solid as muses. And so, and so, uh, Dan, where did you pick up the idea that you obviously wanted to, uh, to do drums? And did you guys, like, together collectively were like, hey, we want to play together? Um, funnily, not, funnily enough, we didn't, it wasn't like a plan or anything. Uh, I, I, I actually, Tom played uh, keyboard barely, barely put any effort in, it was awful. But I played trumpet and I was actually half decent, actually, which is quite. Uh, impresses quite a lot of people. Yeah, really cool. Um, you, you should have. You should have obviously continued your passion and played in a ska band. Obviously, <laughs> exactly. I wish I had in a way. You love ska. Um, so I played that, but I, I hated it. So one day, a friend of mine uh, said, "Oh, I'm going to take drum lessons, but it's cheaper for share. So do you want to share?" I went. I asked my mum. So I did, and she went, "Yeah." Uh, and so I went back in and didn't I tell her the prices of cymbals no <laughs> or, or how loud they are uh, and so I went in and started doing shared lessons and the teacher was like bloody hell you are quite good actually quite quickly you really yeah he was like that you've got natural talent and I was like thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you I will continue to go to you um, but the other guy who was doing lessons, he was useless. And so he packed it in after about two weeks. But I stayed on because he was like, he said you got the potential. He actually didn't say that. That is a lie. But uh, no, he 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 did he did seem to think I had something. So it's the first time I think anyone's ever said you're good at something to me. Um, <laughs> what was me? So uh, I carried on carried on with it and and I still at it. Got it. And so did you, uh, so collectively, both of you guys, you know, as you were both figuring out your perspective instruments, did you guys decide that it was just easiest to play together and kind of start a band? Yeah, well, um, our, the, first, the singer of our first band was a guy called Ben who lived about four doors down for us. So he played guitar and song, Tom played bass with his, um, Delta died pyramids and I that one day. <laughs> <laughs> And what was it? Sorry, sorry to interrupt, but what was the? Because uh, I find the first band names some of the most revealing slash funny slash awesomely bad band names. So please tell me what the name of your first band was. It was in harmonic, wasn't it? Yeah, in harmonic. Well, that's not Which, that's not terrible. I think we're supposed to do some sort of attempt at like death tones. Yeah, in harmonic. It's really it's, it's pretty, pretty bad. bad. It's pretty bad. Um, and that was just covers, wasn't it? I had a bongo. No, I had no, a bongo. It wasn't just covers. I had a bongo though. Surely we should talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> what? And so, uh, how old were you guys when you were doing this? Uh, 14, 15. 14, 15? I started playing drums when I was 14. We were doing shows in the free button when I was 15. Oh, maybe I started when I was 13. We were all having quite fun because we, we instantly had it. The time, time travels so slowly when you're that age. The time is so crazy. Um, you think how much you can get done in a year as a 13-year-old? You know, because we had, like, a song called Spider Song, which was, like, System of the Down. Because I had some spider song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about the... Um, I know everything but the answers. That was a song. If I... If so I was there were two songs about superheroes that had superheroes. That was, that was the later on material. That was when we were starting to get heavy. Well, because eventually we became Counting the Days, and... Wait, that, what was that? Count, counting the Days? Yeah, which was named after a, a, an obscure Hundred Reasons song off a split they did with a band called Garrison. Yeah, oh, I have that CD. Okay, well, we're named after a song on that. Okay. Uh, so, that, that we did, we did an EP. We did a four-track EP. This is when I said, look, like, no, 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 Ben was like, I'll write the song. So was Ben not in clips? Was Ben not in, was Ben just a lone frontman for a while? He was, yeah, he was, yeah. So yeah, we got, all we did is we got Matt, uh, we got another guitarist, so Tom went to guitar, uh, a guy called Matt went to guitar and screaming, uh, and then Ben just sung, and we got a bassist called Tim. They're all gone, obviously. But, um, that, then we did a four-track EP. But that's that? what I would consider the beginning of our takes then. Yeah. Okay. That, let's not say that, because then we've been going for, like, ten years. Well, the, the, the idea of the band that, you know, you kind of yes, wanted to do something like this. 
if I had ever, if I had started writing songs that were continuing, like evolving constantly from then to now, that's what I would say. Yeah, it was never like right. We're done with that band and that style. Well, the thing is about that band is the other guitarist we got, Matt. He became our singer for our first um, CD for Nightmares. He eventually stopped playing guitar and just, and just did screaming. And that's when we, we got, got Tim in. That's when we got Tim in because Tim was around with Matt. Yeah, all college mates. So, and we were doing shows in sort of 16, 16 plus venues when we were 15. We were children. Literally children. So you guys, they have, um, I mean, we have 18 plus venues here in the States, but they have 16 plus venues over there? Yeah, they're not very common. I don't know. Not anymore, but back then, you know, we're talking, this is like 82 or 80. (laughs) No, we weren't born then. Um, No, you weren't. (laughs) 2000 years ago. Nine years ago, and that is too long. So, two thousand three. Okay. Actually, we became architects in two thousand four, and our and that was uh, that was our first show. And we were, we weren't called architects on the fly. We were called candidates, but it was supporting Nile and diabetes, and we replaced necrophages. <laughs> and we were like, wow. Emotional, we were like an emo core band. Sixteen <laughs> <laughs> year old emo core band opening, replacing emo core. Is that a genre? It was then, big time. You kidding me? It was a little rage. You're just like, yeah, no, yeah, it actually. So the so the, the fact that was like trial by fire. So you guys were thrown into the heat where it's like this show is going to suck, and you knew it was yeah. going to suck going into it. Shortly after that. Uh, probably in, within six months, we supported um, Napalm Death as well, <laughs> which is just uh, and the last time they played, played Brighton was before we were born. I think it was in, they played Brighton in 1986. I will say this: we are de- we were definitely not one of those bands that got together, got like an EP's worth of songs, got on a few good tours, and immediately had hype. We <laughs> did <laughs> everything wrong. For years. I mean, this is why we feel old, because we, A, wrote garbage music, we played badly, we, I mean, our song sucked, and we played on bills that didn't make any sense just in Brighton for years. I mean, that's why I feel old now. If we had just started Ruin, then... Yeah, so that's 2006, yeah? What, Ruin? Yeah. Ruin, yeah, maybe. Maybe 2007. 2007, no, 2007, 2007 I think. 2007, yeah. So that's, you know, that seems a bit more recent. That's only five years ago. Yeah, it's not before. But then you hear about bands. They're like, oh, we've the States off that record. You hear bands that have been going for, like, you know, oh, we've been going for six years and we're just about to release our debut album. What is that about? I mean, I don't know what bands get up to, but maybe that is a good idea. I think maybe it is. <laughs> because then you haven't got this public, you know. We can't delete Nightmares off... off you know, the, the, uh, but more, more devastatingly, we can't delete some of our old promos. Right. <laughs> They're on the internet forever now. And that is something we have to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. So as you, um, once you guys started to obviously play together and play in all these bands that you were speaking of, uh, prior to obviously architects, you know, becoming, um, you know, more of a, a focus. Were you guys pretty much at that point, hey, mom and dad, we are not interested in pursuing university at all? Or how did that conversation go? Because obviously parents are, yes, they, they, parents totally love the idea of kids not going to further their education and do a really loud screaming band. Yeah, well, we just never going to take a gap here with it. Because in our last year of college, we did a tour with Beecher, and then we did a tour with uh, Johnny True, and then we did a tour with Bring Me the Horizon, all in our last year of college when we were 18. So, you know, we had already missed quite a bit, and we already had a Euro- our first European tour planned for that August after we finished college. So I think they kind of saw that it was, there was some kind of momentum there, even if actually there wasn't. Um, so we just said, yeah, we're, we're just going to take one year out. And by the time that year was up, I think it was pretty evident that we weren't gonna gonna go. I think that because it's, it's a bit of a pinch, you know, on the old wallet. So two for two at the same time as well. You know, I think, I think deep down they're probably a bit good with bullet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they uh, they 
even even taking a year off like that's that's a tough discussion to have with uh, with parents as well so were they kind of were they just like okay you do this for a year and then you'll come to your senses and realize that's a terrible idea uh, I could, uh, I'm a little bit hazy on what, how exactly it went to be honest I don't know whether we ever sort of gave them a choice yeah I mean <laughs> just like we're doing this it's like okay I had no interest. By the time I finished college, I had no interest in learning. Yeah, I do now, but I didn't then. And I, I, d- I didn't. We didn't have any idea what we wanted to do at university. All we wanted to do was play in the band. And to be honest, our parents have always been very, very supportive. And actually, as time goes on, their support just gets stronger and stronger. Is what we do. So um, they never really made any much sort of. They never really like argued against us and told us we shouldn't do it. They just sort of. So that if that's what we want to do, then we should go for it. So, um, got to give some credit in that respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's 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 a huge thing. Um, and didn't your uh, didn't your guys' mom help you out with mail order, uh, like mail order for shirts for a certain time? Yeah, until last year, she ran our online store, and, and she'd always helped with like financial matters and you know stuff that we don't know about tax and all that kind of. Uh, nonsense before we uh, got involved with a business manager we, you know she looked after all our stuff and so she's always been extremely helpful to, for our bands so uh, that's, an, that's that's pretty incredible because some parents yeah, no, absolutely yeah, yeah. and she, she continues to be incredibly supportive for us so. I'd say she's a sick member but she isn't because <laughs> we don't have a fifth right now <laughs> so she's a fifth member so what was what was the uh and you guys were able to, I mean, obviously, since, do you, do you both uh, still live with your, your parents? And when I say still, I don't mean that in a derogatory way. big house that we were talking about earlier. Right, we, I know, the $7 million house. From the Century Media Advance. Of course. From when we signed. Uh, no, we still live on. Yeah, that makes sense. So what yeah. was the, uh, and so because of that, you guys have been able to, you know, not have a quote-unquote real job in quite some time. So what was the... Uh, what was the last real job that you guys had to hold down in between, you know, either in between records or before the band really started to, you know, generate income, so to speak? I had a good one. I had a good one. Uh, the It was just called cool, the telemarketing company. It's the longest I've ever worked anywhere. Uh, I was there for three months. Um, <laughs> three months, that's a long time. <laughs> it's a long time in telemarketing. Um no, and that was a weird one actually because the band was kind of doing stuff and whilst I was there, we had uh, a poster out in Kerrang one week and um, I had a kind of, I made friends with a the guy there and he was he was like in his 50s but he, he, he used to be in a band and he, you know, they had been toward America and all this stuff. So we used to talk about that sort of stuff. No glimpses of the future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I, I gone to the shop at lunchtime and picked it up and I kind of, you know, let it on to, oh, yeah, we've got this poster. Yeah, it's, no, it's, no, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. Um, and then he told the boss. And then at the end of the day, the boss made an announcement to the whole room that uh, we've, got, we've got our own resident rock star in the house. Uh, <laughs> oh, embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but quite a strange sort of juxtaposition of, being a guy trying to sell companies credit card, um, where people buy this magazine, and probably see these people on the poster or whatever, and think, "Wow, they've they've really made it," or something. <laughs> that would be incredible if, for all the rest of the calls that you did that day, would be like, "Have you heard of the music magazine Kerrang?" <laughs> that's fucking me in the centerfold there that's me and then you were able to get some uh, yeah some poor saps to sign up for credit cards that probably going to wreck that company um, and the obvious question that I'm sure has been asked of you uh, a few times so I apologize but um, I just always find it so interesting when people you know when family members are able to exist like you guys have been essentially you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, not only in the band, but living together and kind of everything else. Um, what prevents you from killing one another? Come close every now and again. Fine lines. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or actually, or here, here's also another addendum to the question as well. Um, when was the last, like, true either fist fight or yelling at each other? Like, what, what was the, uh, what was the last time that you can recall in regards to that? And then, how do you not kill each other after that? <laughs> yeah, two days ago, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> uh, it wasn't. We've never really got got fists involved, uh, but we, yeah, we get pretty angry with each other. But you know, it's just it's just part and parcel of being brothers, or even more so, twin brothers, and basically being joint at the hip. You know, with the same in the same band, in the same house, with the same friends since day one. So I think the thing that, that holds it together is that we agree on most things, and we're both sort of working towards the same stuff time that can also be a source of tension because you know we're both you know we're both working for the band and want we want sort of success or whatever you want to call success for the band um and sometimes that can you know be a serious thing and something that we both really strongly feel about so when we disagree on it that can be quite a um explosive, explosive event <laughs> <clears throat> But I think that's why we, you know, why we can exist because we're both, you know, you get you get other, other brothers who go off in different directions and, uh, you know, don't see eye to eye. But I mean, we we are living the exact same life, trying striving for the same thing. So, sure, got it. No, that 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 does make sense. Yeah, you see, you see, people have either the reaction like you guys have, where you know you're both in it together and living it, or the opposite reaction of people being like, I have to distance myself from my siblings, you know, yeah. immediately because I need to, you know, be my own individual. Yeah. But, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of bands with brothers do, do really well. And I think maybe there is something in it and in, in, in some respects, I mean, yeah, certainly in England, in England, the, the probably biggest current example is Biffy Clara, I reckon. Yeah. But Pantera. Pantera. Yeah. Gajira. Gajira. Fantastic. There are others. There are others. Go yeah. on. Bill Ozzy. Go on. There are others. Go on. Name, name, more. name another man with brothers. More. I think, I think uh, God Forbid has brothers. God Forbid? Well, they uh, used to. No longer. Um, but regardless. Anyways, that's a whole different topic. Sabbath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I think all of these are, are completely uh, true. Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd. Um. Kind of, I wanted to hit on something that you guys, uh, we were joking about earlier, even though technically this whole interview is kind of a joke. Um, the, the fact that, I mean, I've always noticed, especially like in the UK, um, most of your, you know, music magazines and everything are, are so centered around, um, you bullshit. know, well, bullshit or drama. Like, you know, it's kind of very, this got us in hot water recently, right? We've got treading on eggshells in this subject. Okay, that's fine. I mean, and I, I don't need to trot out any specific stories or anything. And this is merely just an observation that you can comment on. But, um, you know, like where here in the States, like we have, you know, tabloid magazines like, you know, Us Weekly, where they talk about, you know, the A-list movie stars. And, you know, 70% of the story is true and 30% is false. And so I feel that the UK kind of has a similar vibe in the way that they cover music. Where it's like they care about, um, you know, they care about live shows and new records that come out, but they also care more so about the dramatic events that happen kind of behind the scenes. Like, yeah. And you guys, you guys have mostly been able to navigate sort of away from that just because, you know, you're not some, um, you know, crazy dramatic band. Um, yeah, but, problem. What's that? That's a problem, though, for us, unfortunately. Well, in terms of press, I mean, who gives a shit about being in magazines for all that stuff? It's embarrassing. But, yeah, I mean, it's certainly the fact that we don't really cater to that kind of stuff, and that coupled with us having a pretty boring image bar a singer with long blonde hair. <laughs> right, which is not that it's, crazy. We, yeah, we're not, like, particularly marketable or interesting bands in any other sense other than our music. So, unfortunately, that sort of makes us quite uh, difficult for or unattractive for some magazines to, to cover us. And has that, has that been something that you guys um, have intentionally done? Um, I mean, obviously you've not intentionally crafted your own personal lives to be like, okay, well, we can't be crazy because we don't want these magazines to pick up on us. But, um, you know, you kind of try to just basically f have people focus on the music rather than, you know... Well, it's just it's like, who we are. Yeah, exactly. It's just who we are. So it's like, it's hard to focus on anything else because there is nothing else to focus on. Because, <laughs> yeah, you know, we don't do anything crazy and we're, we're such like regular, cynical, sarcastic English guys. That, I mean, that we're, we're so regular in, in so many respects that, that we can't really, 
we, we can't even pretend, even if we wanted to, we couldn't even pretend to be what, you know, some magazines want us to be. Um, I'd like to think, though, on the plus side, and, you know, I can't speak for what our fans think or what other people think of our band, but I'd like to think that any sort of, any fans that we do have, uh, you know, identify with the fact that we are just people trying to make music that we like and that it, and it really is that simple and there's no sort of um, sort of added glamour or you know pretentious behaviour you know I like I, all that stuff's like really embarrassing to me and really contrived right right you no know, that and that's that's kind of what I've been able to notice where you know you guys joke about obviously feeling old um, and the fact that you know you do have you do have a decent body of work you know but because you have, you know, well, four full lengths if you don't count Ruin. Um, and so I think that, you know, because it's been a slower build for you guys, and like you said, you haven't just immediately blown out in the scene and been like, we're here, fucking pay attention to us. Um, mm. People, you know, tend to follow you for longer periods of time. Like, do you notice that where it's like kids have kind of grown up with you in a way? Oh, yeah, definitely, especially in England. There's some fans that we've just... They've been coming to our shows for years and years and following us for a long time. But yeah, I mean, that is cool. I mean, uh, I just hope that we, that means we can, I mean, we'll find out, but I'm sure we will outlive this sort of, the, the current crop of like stuff that, it, I, you know, I can't help but feel like it's sort of these chances, I suppose, you know, the, the people that, it's amazing now, right? Is that we can be in a band now and we're kind of influenced from bands, you know, from whatever, Botch or, or Dillinger or mm-hmm. uh, Every Time I Die or, and you know, releases from like 2000, 2001 or whatever, 2002, stuff like that. But there's bands now, big bands, whose like main influences are from records that were released three years ago. That's how quickly it happens now. Yeah. You know, but it, but it's all kind of, Chewing itself up and becoming more and more of the same stuff. Everything gets rehashed so quickly. Well, oh. we're rehashing old stuff. Well, and they don't know about that. That's the thing. To yeah. all the all the kids, they've not listened that's, to it. That's our secret. <laughs> no, so, I mean, I'm kind of hoping that we can. Hopefully, people identify that we're not kind of the same as all that stuff, which is might be pretty popular right now. But anyway. Sure. We'll see. Well, it's, it's interesting because you know we share a lot of fans with a, a lot of these bands, but we feel very separate from them, and uh, we do. You know, you, I, I'm not, and you know, I, I'm not trying to slag anyone off. I'm not going to name any names, but thing, thing, because you know we're actually friends with some bands that do this. I think maybe, um, but things like uh, like uh, synchronized sort of uh, stage moves and stuff like that, like choreographed stage moves. Right. That, that's so. Absolutely insane to, to us as just like to us as sort of as cynical, sarcastic English people that can only be done in like a cynical, sarcastic, like comedy sense where you're taking the piss. Like, right, right. You're like, this is this is funny that we do this, but there are people that actually yeah, up, that's like part of their business plan. That's like it's what that's what that's synchronized when we when we were growing up, synchronized dance moves was uh, what was boy bands was, was Westlife take that you know I don't know what the, which of these bands are uh, the boy bands were ever big in America oh, take, take that was NSYNC NSYNC yeah all that kind of stuff it's just that's what that's who you know that's who does synchronized dance moves not that's like an influence on modern metalcore now it is and I've, I'm, and I've discussed this before with someone that um, I don't understand when that uh, whole thing, or like just that whole uh, like boy band vibe of metal bands. I don't know how that got into metal bands because I'm sure that doesn't really exist in like indie music or punk music or hardcore or ska. Imagine or, if that got into hardcore or like just like I don't know why it skipped straight. It like it's like a cellular sort of evolutionary mutation. I think it probably in, came in metalcore. How did that happen? I think it probably came along with when every band had to release a video of them doing a cover of the most recent number one radio hit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, 
it's it's very it's a very very strange thing, and I don't know how it happened. But and it's a real it's it's a shame from our perspective that that whole uh, trend or culture musical culture has, has ex- existed in in like amongst our peers now or what are considered our peers um, because we can't fit in in that respect. But well, you know, like Tom says, maybe that will actually help us in the long run. Uh, it's just something that we will obviously never, never do. I mean, goodness, just, I mean, we, we can't even do like a parody of it because it's so embarrassing. <laughs> right. And so, um, hitting kind of what you guys were saying where, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the magazines choose not to cut, co- like choose not to cover you because you guys are obviously, so, you know, there's, there's no stories there. Um, but you guys, you guys are opinionated where it's like, you know, like you're saying, you know, Sam, your singer, obviously he doesn't mince words and people ask him, you know, maybe they catch him at a time where he's drunk and he might say something about a band somewhere. Um, the record and then it ends up in the magazine anyway. Right. Exactly. So, um, is it one of those things where you guys are just like, well, whatever people are going to talk and people are going to say these things and um you know it is what it is and we'll just try to clear it up where we can and avoid it in other places thing is i'd rather not go around picking out bands and and, and talking shit about them or whatever because it just seems, it just seems so trivial like we have not waste our time doing we have that. no animosity with any bands at all they're like we don't you know, we uh, we don't like some bands' music. Obviously, I mean that's like an entirely different thing. But as people, um, there's no bands we have any problem with or any strife with. So you know, uh, you know, we've had little sort of silly to dos with some bands over things that have been said in magazines, but never anything serious or anything anyone cares about. You know, what I mean, you know. It, and the thing is, as well, is if with things like Twitter now, you know, you can just say something fairly flippantly and then it, and it you know, look, look what Dan Architect said about you sort of thing, you know, and then they know and you can take a photo of a magazine and then the magazine gets... Yeah, or, you know, you can comment on how a band's dressed, like Sam, and then, yeah. You know, and that, that, that's just silliness, really. You know. We don't... We're, like you said before, we're incredibly personable people, very nice, very humble. Uh, and so that, well, that, that's, that's very debatable that you're, you're taking, you're taking my words, but. Um, so we so you know, we don't really have, we never have, um, issues with other bands. Uh, I'm trying to think, have we had like on tour anything ever? Well, it's funny because people may have a certain perception of you guys. Um, you know, it's like the way that, like you said, you're lumped in with a lot of bands that you might not share common bonds with. Um, but then, you know, a band like, okay, using a random example, using a band like, you know, you guys just got off the road with Touche Amore, um, you know, and you guys wouldn't immediately always play the same sort of shows because you're kind of, you know, two completely different bands that play in different scenes. Um, and so, the, sorry, there's my, my kiddo making some noise in the background. Um, the, yeah, the guys in Touche Amore could look at promo photos of you and be like, oh, those guys look like every other UK band or whatever, besides the fact that you don't have maybe ridiculous hair or whatever the case may be. And we, you know what? We totally thought they would. <laughs> right, right. And so, but then they tour with you and they realize it's like, oh, these dudes are just, you know, they're totally normal average guys. And so um, I'm sure there's a lot of battling that perception from people from the outside. Yeah, definitely. We were, before we talked to Tia Mora, we definitely felt that we were sort of like the real uncool, yeah. uh, metalcore sort of fashion core <laughs> metal band. Great, 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 great use of fashion core, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard that since about 2002. <laughs> we, we love that band and I kind of went onto it being like, oh, they're Because they were on Death Wish so. as well and like, we, you know, they're just like. Well, I think I was intermediate. We're not on them anymore. Uh, we, we, you know, we, and they were pretty, uh, you know, they're, they're a great band. And we, and like Tom says, we're all fans. So we were sort of concerned that maybe they would just sort of <laughs> turn their, turn their noses up at us. Right. Um, right. It didn't at all. So to be fair, I had my own preconceptions as well. I thought they were probably going to be too cool for school and they weren't at all. They were lovely guys. Yeah, no, it, it's funny how you just bring those, uh, pieces of baggage into certain tours and then all of a sudden you realize that it's like, oh, I mean, of course there are some bands where they do live up to their expectations of like, oh yeah, I heard those guys are kind of, you know, just hang out in their bus and that's kind of it. But 
it's cool how you're able to break down those preconceived notions and be like, oh yeah, like you're just as average as I am or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but you're right. We do, we do sort of feel like we're tarred with that brush to some extent. Sure, sure. It's difficult yeah. to see it from the inside as well because from the outside we may, I'm maybe we are like an embarrassing load of shit. <laughs> Um, yeah. Just a thought. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> sure. Some um, coming out there. <laughs> and sort of, um, you know, kind of to, to wrap things up in a way, um, you know, you guys have always had a very, you know, ambitious uh, idea of like, all right, you know, like we're doing well in the UK, but we, we would like to, you know, do well in other places like Australia, Canada, USA, and, you know, all, all those other places that you guys have been able to kind of tour. Um, is it just so mind blowing when you go to different territories and even touring Europe where you're just like, how the fuck is this so goddamn different? We drive four hours and people could give a shit about us. And we drive eight hours and people love us. Like, is it just kind of, Mind-numbing how that happens? Yeah, I think I think uh, you, you get numb to it sometimes, but when we went to South America in May, April, May, that was sort of the most refreshing feeling for that, I think, for me at least, because we weren't expecting anything. And that was really mind-blowing because we had never been there and um, people were just so appreciative and happy that we were there and, uh, that that because that obviously as well feels like a very different cult, different culture to, to England. Obviously, <laughs> you're like, you're like wow, so, pe- people actually like going to shows and they want to go to shows as opposed to just like going because it's something to do on a Saturday night. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's an event and it's a big deal, and you can almost sort of you know that's how it was for when we were when we were young as well. And um, when when you do get those moments of sort of a clarity of what we what we get to do and or what we've achieved or whatnot, it's actually uh, it, it is obviously a great feeling. Unfortunately, those moments of clarity are few and far between. It is a bit disappointing sometimes when you show up somewhere and you think, yeah, maybe this show's going to be all right, and then and then kind of no one gives a fuck or whatever, and and that does seem to happen all the time. But um, <clears throat> at the same time. Kind of, I don't want to think like the grass is greener for some other bands or whatever because I know there's a, a pretty much every band I've met that is bigger than us. You know, you always think, God, if I was as big as if we we're as big as that band, like I'd love it every day. But I don't think it really works like that. You know, I think everyone gets used to what their average show is or what a normal day is for them, and you know, no one's overwhelmed every single day, so. Um, I'm not going to say like anyone's got a bet. I mean, some other bands we know that play great shows every single day and they can really, you know, they want to go home a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. No, that, that's true. That it's, a, I think that's a, pers- that's a very important perspective that a lot of people aren't able to really wrap their heads around because, you know, at the end of the day, bands are, you, you we as humans are always like striving for more for ourselves, you know, whether it's like professionally, whether it's in a band or whatever the fuck it is, you, you know, you're wanting to kind of push yourself in a way. And so if, I mean, as <laughs> using a hate breed record, it's like, yeah, satisfaction is the death of desire. And it's like, you know, if you do become content, then that's kind of when you, you know, you might not become as vital or your art may suffer or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean, I do also wonder, you know, what, what it is that, like, say, like, I sometimes I kind of question what it is that drives us forward, like, what what this kind of, you know, because I don't want, I really always, you know, I don't think in terms of money, I don't think in terms of, well, if we did better, then we'd have more money. Financial anxiety, like, can we get more? It's not greed, is it? No, and it's more like, can we afford to do this? And it's more, you know, oh, I just want to have as much fun as possible when we're playing the shows, I just want to play really cool shows. But then if they were really good every day, you used to say that, you know, the really good ones wouldn't be special anymore because they would all be good. I don't know, like, maybe not, but I don't feel, you know, I do wonder, what what is it that I want for our being in a band? What is it that I'm kind of really actually looking for? I think the important thing is that um, we've done four, or some people say five albums, and obviously been touring 
since uh, 2006 or maybe 2005. And uh, we all still enjoy doing what we do. We all still enjoy touring. We all still enjoy writing, recording. So probably, you know, just as long as we can keep sustaining that. Yeah, I remember when I first came, went on tour and I just couldn't believe how fun it was. And, and uh, I still have those moments where I go on tour and I'm just like, this is great. I just don't want to do anything else. You know, this is the funnest thing ever and so uh, the fact that we've managed to sustain that feeling because I know for some bands that, or some individuals in bands that um, touring is really viewed as, like, as a chore and uh, and I, you always made out that there's going to it will eventually become like that with you but you know we've been doing it for seven years and it, it still isn't a chore so that's at least a positive sign and it doesn't feel like it's our feelings on it are going to change anytime soon no yeah, no, that's that, that's a huge thing to have. So, and that obviously keeps you know, like you said, you don't you don't quite know your motivation, but it's like because you only really start to question why you're doing something until once it starts to suck, once you start to not receive some sort of gratification from it, that's when you're like, oh, what do I have to change or what do I have to do differently because I'm not receiving as much enjoyment as I would like out of this or whatever. So, yeah, but um. Yeah, gentlemen, you have been, well, first of all, you've been the first international guest for the show, so that's also a huge uh, trophy that will be sent your direction. Um, oh, I know. Yes, and so I do appreciate you guys wanting to uh, hang out and uh, have fun on us, and I hope it was enjoyable in some way, shape, or form for you. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I would say this is an exclusive, most revealing interview yet. Uh, you know, and I, well, obviously, we talked about your mom thinking now. So that's no fair rule.